Welcome, everyone. My name is Will Heron. I am the director of Discipleship at the Ridge, and I'm also your host for Beyond the Sermon. And with me today, I have Ridge Lead Pastor Mike Van Rees. Mike, good to have you back in the studio again. Yeah, thank you, Will. Yes, back after a week off, we're back into the book of Malachi, continuing our series there. And uh, this passage in Malachi contains probably one of the most well-known Bible verses on financial givings, probably most well-known for that, chapter 3, verse 10. I want to read it here before we jump into our conversation. So, it says this in verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Mike, you helped us understand this verse and explain tithing really well in your message, so I don't think we need to to revisit that here. But I did want to take just a few moments to talk about motives in our giving. How important are motives uh, when it comes to tithing and, and giving and that kind of thing? And maybe could you just give us some examples of healthy motives for giving, unhealthy motives for giving? Yeah, kind of paint a bit of a picture of that for us. Yeah, you know, there is. That's good, Will to be able to get underneath the action, to be able to look at what's behind the action, mm-hmm. because that's what God sees, right? He's, he sees uh, into our hearts and into what's going on motive-wise. So I think it's a gr- really good question to talk about, especially when it comes to giving. W- one of the places where I think maybe motivations can get bad when it comes to giving, and you see this repeatedly throughout the New Testament with people who are giving, with you can turn it into something that's transactional. Mm. Uh, and we do that. That's kind of our way to do things. It's typically how we use money um, in our culture today, uh, where I give this and then I get that. Mm-hmm. So it's a transaction. Mm-hmm. And does that work with, like, let's say the Indianapolis Colts, for example? You buy a jersey and they play really well. <laughs> does that, is that how that's meant to work? If there was a direct correlation, that I'd have more shirts. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, doesn't work. It doesn't work that way, but that's an exception to the rule. So yeah, <laughs> we won't we won't go with that one. Um, right, but it is a good example of transactional. Right. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's not the way that, that when it comes to God, uh, that giving should work in terms of what's going on inside of us and internally with our spirit. It's really more designed to be a relationship mm-hmm. and a trust based relationship. So it's not like I'm giving this to you and then God. You're going to be doing me a favor later. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got you covered. You're going to cover me. Uh, no, it's, it's not that kind of a thing. I think another way that maybe a motivation can go bad is to have it be something where you're just going through the motions, mm-hmm. um, where it just becomes legalism. And this is in a lot of different areas in the Christian life, and I think giving is one that can fall into that too. You know, when I was, um, and I'll give an example of that, when I was a kid, I was not... Um, let me say, renowned for my generosity. Maybe that's <laughs> right, a fair right. way to put that. I had two sisters, and my younger sister really was. I mean, she was so thoughtful when it came to giving gifts, and we all gave each other gifts for Christmas and mm-hmm. birthday and that kind of thing, and she put so much thought, and she put so much expense into just, she just cared for us and wanted mm-hmm. us to, to be thrilled with what we got. Well, that wasn't me. I remember um, her birthday was coming up, and I remember it now. I didn't really remember it then, mm-hmm. um, hence the the problem. So I was kind of just blowing it off. Day of her birthday arrives. It's like, I got to give her something. So I go to my mom, and I knew my mom had like this old necklace sitting in a, <laughs> in a closet. <laughs> Nobody wants this necklace, but right. I was desperate. I'm like, can I have that? And I took this old necklace. I wrapped it up, gave it to her as a gift. She opened it up. She was devastated. Wow. It, it just hurt because mm. she knew 
it wasn't because there wasn't value right. monetarily in that necklace. She knew it was one of the most thoughtless gifts ever. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of the most thoughtless gifts ever, but she was hurt. And, mm. and, and we can do that with God, too. Yeah. Um, with it, where something could actually be hurtful if our motives uh, aren't, aren't respective of him. You know, the flip side, what are some good motives? I think one of them, well, we love him. Mm. And we're grateful for him. And to me, that leads into trust. Mm. And this is, a, is one of the things. Giving is connected deeply with trust. And if we do the giving with the Spirit of God, I trust you. You know, I, I have some things I could use this for. I have some other things that maybe this could go to. But I'm going to just trust. I'll give it to you, and I'm going to trust that you are going to provide for me in, in different ways. So a trust issue. And we talked about that doesn't mean you're going to have more money in the bank. Mm. Right, it's not a okay. I give a hundred dollars, and now I'm going to get a thousand dollars back. Right. Not that, but more trusting that God will provide uh, for what we need and teach us some things through that. I think another good motivation is I want to be a, a part of advancing His kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this is what Jesus has called all of His followers to do: to make disciples of all nations. And one of the ways we do that is together a- as a church. And so I think that that is a good motive for giving to say, "Well, I want to be about the the great commandment. I want to be about the great commission." And I can do that by helping to be able to resource to advance the kingdom. And I also find the uh, uh, I would consider it to be a good motive is so that I'm not self consumed. Yeah, that's good. Um, it, giving kind of like nothing else breaks me free from from the culture of finding meaning and happiness through getting, and it transitions that so I can really find the the source of happiness that comes through giving. So just we'll come back to that because I think that giving and, and tithing I think can really change us in a lot of really positive ways. We'll come back to it a bit later in the podcast, mm-hmm. but. I read a recent study, uh, Mike, that was highlighting how kind of the big C church in America is in a bit of a a crisis of trust. And uh, a recent Gallup survey estimated that only one-third of Americans trust the church or instituted instituted religion. So that, you know, you got about 66% of other people who really don't trust. And then even if they do come into church, they maybe feel like the church just wants their money or, you know, that's all they're really interested in. How would you respond to somebody who's in that place who's just like, I hear what you're saying about giving, but mm, kind of suspicious? And uh, what are some ways maybe the ridge has gone about to really be good stewards of of everything that is given? Yeah, certainly in the past several years, we have seen trust in institutions and organizations decline. And I think a lot of that is because of stories that we hear where mm. there has been misuse and abuse and those kind of things. They happen. There's also the reality that there's visibility and spotlight on the ones that are going the wrong directions. There are hundreds, thousands of organizations and churches that I think are are trustworthy, and those Mm -hmm. just they don't get the headlines, you know. But we do take it very seriously here, um, Mm -hmm. and what that means and how we do it as a church. You know, one of the things that comes to my mind, Will, is there's a lot of controls in place. Controls would be things like we work with a CPA firm and have annual financial audits from Mm. outside organization that comes in and runs through all of the the financials that we've dealt with. We have non-staff board members who go through all the accounting work. We have multiple people who see and sign off on every transaction. We have multiple people who handle and 
count all of the cash just to be able to have some checks. So a lot of controls. There's more controls, but those are kind of important guidelines to be able to have in place so that there isn't opportunity for something to go sideways on that. Uh, another is having a budget. Where do you want the money to go? And that is something that takes place with a lot of people coming together to be able to bring agreement to that. The staff works on it together. Mm -hmm. We land on it. There needs to be approval from the board to say, yep, the, we feel good about this. And then we would also say, you know, not all of the, the money and the gifts that come to the church stay at the church. A lot of it does flow out and through. You know, last year, uh, I think we landed on somewhere around $400,000 leaves uh, wow. the walls of the church and are used to bless uh, local community, global community, the, yes. the whole works. Yeah, it's amazing. I It was one of the things that really attracted me actually to the Ridge, you know, when we started talking about possibly moving here was that whole outreach component as well of how much, not only just financially in terms of the Ridge giving, but also uh, serving you know, both locally, internationally, that kind of thing. And I want to say as well, Mike, from a staff point of view, from somebody who works here, like I experience those accountability measures and I appreciate them. And even in terms of planning, for example, you know, and budgeting, when that season comes around and we're looking at what are we going to do in the next year, those kind of things. Man, there's so many conversations that we have, you know, in terms of what do we think about this, encouraged to pray through things, and um, where do we feel like God is leading in this? Uh, man, there's so much thought and prayer that goes into those processes because we recognize that we are and we will be held accountable for how we steward this giving that people have, have given. And so I hope that encourages people and um, also to know that that's true for all churches, all institutions, mm -hmm. they're going to be held accountable one day. If You know what I mean? Like if they haven't yeah. got those accountability measures. And so I think that is, uh, yeah, it's a helpful reminder, I, th I think. But I just want to say that I feel so encouraged of, you know, what I've experienced in the last three, four years here uh, and how healthy the Ridge handles what can sometimes be a hard thing, especially for a British person. <laughs> Money's not our favorite subject. So, yeah, I think it's, it's really encouraging. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this Beyond the Sermon episode. Recently, I recorded a new series with my good friend, Dean Logan, where we explored some of the biggest questions posed to Christianity, like, are Christianity and science compatible? Does the Bible promote genocide? And is the Bible homophobic? And I want to invite you to join us as we look at these questions and more in our podcast series, Big Questions of Faith. Episode one drops Wednesday, 28th on the Ridge University podcast. Hope you'll join us then. Now back to my conversation with Pastor Mike. So one line in your message that really caught my attention in particular uh, was this. You said, God is showing us that generosity is the key to enlarging our soul. Giving changes us in ways that money cannot buy. Just wonder if you wouldn't mind just taking a few moments just to expand on that a bit. You know, what ways can God use uh, our giving to really shape us, uh, change us, and develop our relationship with Him? Yeah, sure. Well, and you know, I think I'll maybe do it by sharing personally. Okay. Um, yeah, that's good. How I have experienced change through that. And maybe I'll start. You mentioned. You were British, and that's not a subject that you guys talk a lot about. Right, Well, right. my ethnic background, a little more distant generationally than that, is Dutch. Mm. 
Okay, yes. And so, what, so you, yeah. what you know about Dutch is probably this. Do we have a reputation for being generous? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, right. Dutch treat is the opposite of, of generosity. And so, it's one of those things that doesn't, I think, come natural for me in terms of mm. giving and generosity. And so, the backstory for me, I remember when I really began and first got serious and said, I'm, I'm going to make a commitment to, to tithing. And it came at really what I would consider to be a bad time. As I look back through my life for that, it was when I started uh, getting a master's degree. So that's not a time when you have a lot of resource. Right. Um, so I've got bills to pay. I've got housing. I've got student bills. I had a job. It was a part-time job. So it wasn't uh, bringing a lot of resource in. Um, and I realized, well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. And it wasn't, you know, the thing where it's like all of a sudden God sends and I get a, a letter in the mail with somebody giving me $5,000. Right, it wasn't right. that. That's not the kind of provision I experienced. What, what I did experience was some lifestyle decisions. An example would be I spent those years, um, I ate at a soup kitchen. There was a community kitchen that was in the neighborhood. That's where I went. Right, um, right. And uh, I picked up a second job. Uh, I got a job working, doing custodial work uh, that was just early in the mornings before the school really started. And so those were ways that I would say, well, that's a provision of God. And I think that God worked in me and changed me through those kind of things. I think one of the things that I would say has happened to me, I have learned to trust him in deeper ways. Mm. It's an area where it's a hard one, giving and money to be able to trust and to let go because there's not very many other things that are pointing us in that direction in life. But I found as I've done it, I'm like, if I can tr trust him with money, I can trust him with with everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think truly my my trust in him is something that has has grown. I think it's helped me differentiate between my wants and my needs. That is not what maybe at first glance I think it should. And I think my needs, that list is smaller than what I would typically think, but I think mm. it's helped me kind of keep um, conscious of right. wants and needs. I, I would say another way that it's, it's enlarged my soul is it has loosened my grip of materialism that is so pervasive in the culture that we live with. And I, I'm not going to say that that doesn't still draw me in, it does. There's still vulnerabilities for me there, but I think that that giving as a way of life, and specifically the percentage giving, is one of the things that does loosen my grip on materialism because it's not my top priority. I find will too that it helps me have an appreciation for what I do have. Right. Um, yeah. Don't take as many things for granted. I can still take things for granted, but I think overall I have maybe a higher level of appreciation. So these are just internal things that I'd say it, it's changing me. It changes my, my heart for other people. I'm not just thinking about how I can use this for me. I'm thinking about how I can use what God's given me to be a blessing. So it really is a different orientation. Instead of everything revolving around me and me meeting my needs, it's about how has God blessed me so that I can use some of what he's given me to be able to bless others? So it helps me reorient the focus and the center point of my life. And I, I guess I'd just add this too, because it's the center of it. God's a giver. Mm. And if you, you, you mentioned, well, how does it make us more you know, like Jesus? Well, I can't think of another example in all of history who has done more giving than Jesus has. And if we really are serious about wanting to be his followers and wanting to become more like him, 
giving is a really important part of who he is. And I think that is an area of life that we, if we want to follow him, we want to be more like him, that we need to take very seriously. Yeah, I was just thinking that in terms of Jesus' example, giving sacrificially. Obviously, we can think of that in the way of the cross, of him giving himself his very life, his very body. But when you look at his every day, he was sacrificial in so many ways in terms of his time and his power and like all of those, you know, those kind of things. And even the time that he spent with the disciples and... Uh, I'm sure he had plenty of times where he felt like just retreating a little more often, you know, and getting away from the crowds and that kind of thing. And so Jesus came for so many reasons, but one of the reasons was to show us how, what life to the full looks like. And it's no coincidence that sacrifice, sacrificial living runs, it's a theme that runs right through his life. And so when we get into that place of sacrificially giving, and we can even think broadly beyond just financially, but also time, talents, and that kind of thing, we are coming in line, we are coming in, in step with the, the person that God made us to be. You know, that's what we were made to do. That's the very heart of God, is giving, as you've mentioned, sacrificial. So... I think we experience then a richness of life, a joy in life, because we're coming in line with how God has made us to live. And then one more thing I would add is, I think in giving to God, it's a constant reminder that He is the ultimate giver, mm-hmm. that everything everything comes from Him. And honestly, Mike, that that brings such great comfort, I think, in seasons, especially when you're in maybe in need, you know, that you think, oh, Lord, we've this has come up and we need this this kind of provision, that kind of thing. Or maybe you've lost your job and you're looking, you know, for more work and things like that. Knowing that it's always been him who has provided, he's the ultimate provider, reassures me that he will provide again. Yeah, I really agree with that. And if I look at people that, that I know who are the most joy-filled people um, in, in my sphere of influence— to a person, they're generous. There's a connection there. Yeah, uh, it's between, not a coincidence. Yep, joy-filled people and generous people. Um, I, and I think it is kind of like what you talked about. It, it taps into a way that we've been designed and we've been created. Mm, love that. Well, Mike, thanks again for your time today, as always. And thank you for listening. I hope you'll join us next time on Beyond the Sermon. <laughs>